Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. I have this burden on my heart tonight that I want, I want this word to get in, to get in the church. When I say the church, that's you, that's me, that's us, the ecclesia, the set apart ones, the called ones. If you put your faith in Jesus, that means you have been set apart for a heavenly mission, for a heavenly purpose, for divine and powerful manifestations of his goodness. You are the vessel that God wants to use to show a hurting, broken world that his love is real, that his blessings are real, and that his power is real in this earth. Amen. All right, come on. We're going we're gonna to get there. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. We're going to pray real quick. We're going to pray together. I promise you, the enemy is doing everything he can right now to get your expectations for 2024 low. That's what he's up to. He is trying to get your expectations low so that as you head into Shredder, you're not interested in shredding everything that you've struggled with because you doubt that he could really get rid of everything that you've struggled with. He's trying to get your expectations low so when you sit down and write out a vision card of the things you're believing God's gonna do in your world, you'll hesitate, you'll, you'll drop a zero, you'll pull back, you'll, you'll, you'll step back. He wants you to hesitate because he knows he's defeated. You have to understand, the devil is defeated. He cannot stand against the goodness of God. He cannot stand against the word of God. And every time you release the word of God out of your mouth, hell shrieks because it has the same power, the same potency that it had when the word put on flesh and came into this earth and showed that there's a superior kingdom, a kingdom where sickness doesn't exist, a kingdom where poverty doesn't exist, a kingdom where his goodness reigns in every area of your life. Do not let him lower your expectations for 2024. It is the year of breakthrough, the year of sore, and the year of more in Jesus' name. I'm not yelling at you. I'm yelling at the devil lying to you. You're like, whoa, Pastor Matt, I'm, I don't like the devil. He's a punk. I'm going to read a scripture. I need you to get this scripture in your heart. I need you to ask the honest question tonight. Do you believe what God said? Do you believe what the scripture says? Gents, if you've got Psalm 65 in NLT or whatever version you got, do you guys got it? I got my glasses, so hey, hey, there we go, all right. Listen, read, listen. The question I pose to you is can you believe this in 2024? Can you believe every word of this scripture in 2024? What mighty praise, O oh God, belongs to you in Zion? We will fulfill our vows to you, for you answer our prayers. All of us must come to you. You answer our prayers. Do you believe he's going to answer your prayers in 2024? Through, though we are overwhelmed 
by our sins, you forgive them all. Do you believe that you're truly forgiven? That the sins of 2023 do not follow you into 2024? What joy for those who choose to bring near, those who live in his holy courts. We enter his courts with praise. Is 2024 gonna be the year that you praise God, that you stop worrying what people think if you lift your hands, if you clap your hands, if your body expresses his goodness? Could 2024 be the year where you're not worried what other people think about your praise, but you're ready to get your praise on any day, any time, any place, you name it. I look at God, I praise him. I don't care what you think. I'm not praising you. What festivities await us inside your holy temple? Come on, it's 2024, the year where church isn't optional. Come on. God has a party planned every Wednesday, every Sunday, every Tuesday morning at 5.30. If you're fearless enough, I won't pick on the guys too much, but. <laughs> Go to prayer. Go to prayer. He took a cross. You can get a sentinel alarm. Like we can do this. Come on. Love you, gents. I love you. You faithfully answer our prayers with awesome deeds. Oh God, our Savior, you are the hope of everyone on earth, even those who sail on distant seas. You formed the mountains by your power. You armed yourself with mighty strength. Come on, is God gonna be strong for you in 2024? You quieted the raging oceans with their pounding waves. You silenced the shouting of the nations. We're heading to an election year. Is that gonna distract you or are you gonna still focus on God's goodness? I know I'm like, oh man, here we go, but let's go. God's still gonna be good no matter what happens in 2024. Those who live at the ends of the earth, stand in awe of your wonders. From where the sun rises to where it sets, you inspire shouts of joy. We're going the whole one. You take care of the earth and water it, making it rich and fertile. Listen, God gave us a world that is rich and fertile. Do not give in to a lack mindset. Do not give in to a poverty mindset. We have yet to discover inventions. Do not give in to the doomsayers and the naysayers. God has made this earth fertile and made us to take dominion. The river of God has plenty of water. It provides a bountiful harvest of grain for you have ordered it so. Keep going. You drench the plowed ground with rain melting the clods and leveling the ridges. You soften the earth with showers and bless its abundant crops. You crown the year with a bountiful harvest. Even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. Listen, right there, right there. Are you gonna decide, man, there was a hard pathway in 2023. Are you gonna decide to trust God that in the hard pathways, there's an abundance? Are you gonna trust God or are you gonna sit back and say, I don't know if I can trust in the goodness. I don't know. I'm gonna let my circumstances be my master instead of my Lord and King be my master. Can you trust God for a bountiful harvest? The grasslands of the wilderness become lush pastures. The hillsides blossom with joy. The meadows are clothed with flocks of sheep and the valleys are carpeted with grain. They all shout and sing for joy. Listen to me. God wrote this to an agricultural society. Yes. 
What he's saying in agricultural terms is that when you trust in me, you will see the abundance and goodness of God in your life. If the pastures were green, the cows had babies. If the cows had babies, come on, Kelsey Kedditon, you need a cow. If the cows had babies, it meant your, cra- your, your herd got bigger, which meant more babies would reproduce the next mating season, which means the herds multiplied in multiples, not addition, but multiplication. Do you understand that God is saying to agricultural people that trust in me equals God's goodness in your life. Do not let the hard task of 2023 steal the abundance that God wants to release in 2024. I'm going to pray for you. If you want to believe this word, don't raise your hand if you're like, I don't even know if I trust the Bible. I mean, if you're saying, God, sign me up. There's a funny meme. I love it. It's a monkey on a cell phone. It says, just checking to see if I'm signed up for the abundance and blessing package, not the trial and processing package, right? If you're saying, God, I'm going to believe you at your word. I'm not letting 2023 define what I expect in 2024. I'm going to let your word define what I expect in 2024. That's how you crown the year with his goodness. God works in reverse. He gets it in here before he gets it out there. He gets it in here before he gets it out there. When you have the faith that he'll do what he says he can do, you'll begin to see it manifest in your life. That's how the kingdom works. It starts as a seed, but seeds sprout out of the ground. You can't see them when they're under the ground. They're invisible. But when that word gets in you, it blossoms and you see a world. If you are saying, I am signing up for God to crown 2023 and step into what he promised in 2024, I want you to put your hand there. I'm going to pray for you right now. Good. I'm proud of you. Good job. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I don't care what circumstance say, Lord. I don't care what what the bank account says right now. I don't care what the job status says right now. I don't care what anything in the world says. We elevate our life and our expectancy to you, Lord, to your word. And Lord, we declare that Psalm 65 is the scripture that we are standing on in this year, 2024, as we head into it, Lord. Lord, we're going to leave back the circumstances. We're going to leave back the setbacks. We're going to leave back the disappointment. We're going to leave back what we felt didn't happen in 2023. We're not going to dwell on them. We're not going to We're gonna shred them this Sunday, Lord. And we are gonna believe that you plan to crown this year and every year with your goodness, Lord. You are good and your word promises the goodness. And God, we step into it fully in the name of Jesus. And the church said, amen, amen. All right. We're gonna go quick. That wasn't even my message. That was just... That was leftovers from men's prayer on Tuesday. Just so you know, if you want to be ahead of the game, the guys at men's prayer already got the Psalm 65 dose. But actually, God really showed me very clearly. I'm more confident of this than I've been in a lot of words and a lot of times. And I'm often confident when I hear, but I heard God say that Psalm 65 is the word of the Lord for your 2024. It is the word of the Lord for your 2024. All right. I want to tackle this thought real quick and I want to implant it because I was taking inventory. I like to take inventory of my year and, you know, calibrate myself well and prepare for the next year. And 2023 had a lot of amazing things, but also it was a year that I would say that there was a lot of 
attempts for me to slip into PTSD. Now, I want to say something very clear. There are, you know, there is military and, you know, legit PTSD trauma, and I never would minimize what some of our armed soldiers have been through and all that. So when I'm saying PTSD, I'm talking about the scale where we use it kind of flippantly, like I remember this thing happened and it kind of makes me shrink back, okay? So I just want to make sure that, you know, by the way, God heals the whole scale of PTSD. He can heal the whole scale of PTSD. But I want to talk about faith PTSD and heart PTSD because we don't realize it, but sometimes when the definition of PTSD, there's a lot of definitions actually, I Googled a lot, but essentially it breaks down to is you had a trauma that happened that then you can be triggered to go back to that same level of fear by situations that aren't the same situation, right? That's, that's essentially out of all the definitions I read, and, you know, it has a lot of different manifestations, whether it's withdrawing, depression, full-blown anxiety. It can manifest in many, many ways. But the point is this, is that it's when something of the past, a trauma of the past, can cause a disorder in the current, can interfere with your current state of mind or state of confidence or state of being. And so that's what I'm talking about. And I came up with... Is that good right there? Is that where we want it? Thank you, Heather. All right. <clears throat> I came up with this in, in just a rant to some of our team where I was saying, you know, uh, 2023, it felt like I was just walking through things that were bringing up, oh my gosh, when this happened last time, the last time I brought my son into a hospital, oh my gosh, this is what happened. The last time, you know, I had a conversation like this, this is what happened. The last time I was struggling with this, this is what happened. And, 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 and a lot of things in 2023 came up in me that I was remembering a bad memory of the past and, and I was using that as the filter for my expectations of the future. And that, that is a dangerous game to play, especially when you are called to be people of faith. You are called to be people of faith. And so you don't want to let past circumstances define how you're expecting God to show up in the present. All right? So first I want to talk through Ephesians 2.10. So I want to get this in you. And do, do you have the, did they get the slide up? The PTSD? No, okay. Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Hold that thought. We're gonna go to 1 Corinthians 13.13. 13. And now abide faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Another version says, these three remain, faith, hope, and love. How do you know if you've got some faith PTSD? Something happens in any scenario, you get a call, your boss says, hey, I wanna meet with you, right? Anyone ever have that call? And you spend, and they're like, and they said it for like three days later, and you're like, are you kidding me? Right. Three days, no context. Just, I mean, they could give me a promotion, they could, you know what I'm saying? We, we live there, right? And because we've had enough times when people said, I need to talk to you, if we've had enough negative conversations, we immediately go into this tailspin of this is gonna be so bad. This is gonna be horrible. And we, we, we work out all the scenarios ahead of time. We're like, okay, if they say this, I'm gonna say this. And if they say this, I'm gonna say this. Am I right? Am I the only crazy person in the room? No, we do this. 
we do this. So 1 Corinthians 13, 13, here's how you know when you've got some stinking thinking, some uh, faith PTSD that you've got to shred this Sunday that you want to leave behind, is that a situation happens and you immediately go out of hope into hopelessness, out of faith into fear, out of love into defensiveness. Wow. That's, that's your Richter scale. And God, God actually made it possible that we could operate, and I'm a work in progress. I'm not gonna say I do this every day, all day, 90% of the time, okay? I can slip out of it, but we are called to operate. The, the, these three remain as you continue to work out what God has given you, the good works he's prepared for you. You should see more and more faith, hope, and love rising up and less and less of fear, discouragement, or, you know, uh, rejection, all the things that are not faith and hope and love should be gradually diminishing as they rise up. And when you slip out of faith, hope, and love, that's a great time to go to the Holy Spirit and say, can I bring this before you as my counselor and can you help me figure out where's this coming from? Wow, come on. Where is this coming from? The defin- I, I do remember reading this when I was studying a little bit on PTSD. You cannot have PTSD without the T, the trauma. You cannot have PTSD without trauma. And so the same is true when our faith, you ever, little kids, they have to learn how to not have joy, imagination, anything's possible. Like, Like kids unlearn being in that, but that, I love children, the pure joy, the pure excitement, the pure possibility that anything's possible. To a kid, anything is possible. Right, My right. kids to this day believe that if I had to, I could lift the whole house up. You could. And, and I'm not gonna lie to them and tell them I can't. I probably could if I had to because I can do all things through the Lord who gives me strength. All right? But I love that. God wants, to be, wants us to be conscious carriers of faith, hope, and love. And see, he is uh, going back to Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. Do you expect that God has good things ready for you? Do we expect that? Or have we allowed traumas, discouragement, or delays rewire us to a state of being that we're not called to live in? And that's not biblical. Hear me on this. I'm not saying we don't have trials, but as Christians, when trials come, we go, oh, let's go, Jesus. Let's see what you're gonna do in this situation because I know you prepared good works for me. Good works for me. So God has a PTSD. I'm gonna use a different acronym. God wants you to live in this kind of PTSD. Powerful testimony, sanctified direction. Live with a powerful testimony and a sanctified direction. Is that up there? Yes. Mm, Thank you, guys. I thought we didn't have it. He wants you to live with a powerful testimony and a sanctified direction. How do we do that? We're going to go really fast through these three points because I want to pray over people. We got five minutes. It's going to be amazing. Number one, embrace. Number one, how do you get into his PTSD versus get and get out of any level that you have? Number one, embrace invisibility seasons embrace these seasons. This is something God taught me over, I would say, the last seven years. I'm, I'm pretty sanguine. I'm pretty outgoing. I don't mind being in front of people. I'm watching my little son, Asher, who kind of has very similar mannerisms to me, and I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. I, 
I really do like attention. It's, it was a problem. <laughs> I, I don't mind it, okay? I didn't mind it as a young man. I didn't mind it. But God has taught me so much to embrace and love the invisibility seasons. What I'm talking about is when you're doing the things, you're trying to do, the, you're, you're stepping up, you're showing up to prayer, you're, you know, you're doing all the things, you're reading about, but you're in this like flow where you're doing the right disciplines and it feels like it's not showing anything and you're not being seen. That happens in church. Sometimes people get all, you know, they'll start to realize, man, God's got a call on my life and they'll start to get involved and they'll get to, like really excited, like, man, I love it. Like, this is so great. God's using me. I'm discipling people. I'm a connect group leader now. I'm leading a team. And, and then we kind of get in this thing like, does anyone see me though? This happens. This really happens in church where people will, our insecurities will rise up and we, we want to be recognized for our deeds, wow. yeah. right? But when God, and, and we're in an encouraging church. Like if you keep at it, there will be a season where God will highlight the personal growth you've had. He'll highlight what he's done in your world publicly, but he always does the work privately before he does a public adoration. He, he does his finest work privately. Whenever God, you feel like, oh, I don't feel seen, know that God has got some really big intentional things he wants to do in your life. There are seasons where God will intentionally like make you invisible. I've seen it, I've been there. And you're not, it's not like you're invisible and you're doing all the, you're, you're like, I'm doing the things but I just don't feel like I'm being pulled into the next thing God has for me or the next level God has for me. But cherish those moments. Those are moments God's doing his finest work. There's a story in the uh, first Kings. It's probably one of my favorite Old Testament Bible stories, but Elijah, when he calls down fire and kicks all the prophets of Baal's butts and then has them all executed right there and the whole nation repents and turns back to God in one huge fireball, epic showdown, good versus evil. It is like my all-time favorite story. I'm like, God, bring it on. Like, let's, let's just go old school and like, Line up the false religions, line up your, uh, us, and let's see who can light that puppy on fire. That would be cool. I'd be down for that. That's what I want. But it's so interesting to me that this hero of the faith that literally saw one of the most epic, powerful manifestations of God's power show up right in front of him one chapter later, one day later, one day. He didn't even ride that high for like a week. One day later, we find him crying under a tree by himself, suicidal. Look at this, 1 Kings 19, 4. But he himself, Elijah, went on a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree, and he prayed that he might die and said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life for I am no better than my father's. Wow. <laughs> you think you've had mood swings? Like, God can use anybody. Elijah's like, woo, God's all powerful, bow to his power. And then one day later, I've had enough, God, take me. <laughs> it's interesting, his word choice. I'm no better than my father's. 
just being a pastor long enough, I'm like, you know what? People have been the same their whole life. Probably came from a dysfunctional family. Probably had his parents go through a couple divorces. Probably came from maybe poverty, chaos, whatever. And when the push comes to shove, when the pressure gets put on, listen, in the anointing, you can have this amazing, when you're, when you're in the Holy Spirit, when you're in a moment, when you're in this kind of atmosphere at church and people have faith, you can get swept into an anointing and you can feel like, oh, I'm ready, I'm invincible. What God's trying to get you to is the place on Monday. Yes, that's good, Pastor Matt. On Monday, when you got that stressful meeting at work. Come on. What, kind of, what, are, what are you speaking over yourself on the drive to work? Wow, yeah. So he's interested in what goes on eternal. So what does God do with Elijah from this state? It's, it's kind of funny. He's like, he, he, Elijah gets so depressed, he falls asleep. Uh, he sends an angel, pokes him, says you need to eat something. So first thing, sometimes guys, you just, like when you're feeling down, just sometimes you just gotta eat. Like honestly, hangry's a thing. Before you say what you're gonna say to your spouse, to your kids, just take a little inventory. Is my blood sugar low? It's a real thing. So God's like, here, okay, you little depressed baby here, eat some food. Wakes him up again, eat some more food. So take a nap and eat some food, okay? A lot of pastoral care issues could be avoided if you would have took a nap and ate food before you said what you said or sent that email or had that text message. Seriously, if you're about to like go at it, eat and take a nap. But after God has him eat and take a nap, he sends him on a 40-day journey and he takes him to a middle of nowhere on a mountain in a cave. He isolates him. Wow. No one could see him. And he comes to him and he asks him, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? God often will ask us, what are you doing here? Not because he's concerned about the geographical location saying, why have you come to this place? Why after one day later, after seeing me manifest my power so strongly on you and in you, why are you here saying, I wanna quit? I wanna give up. And God took him into invisibility to deal with this internal problem, this trauma. We see it in what he said. God, I'm no better than my father's. There must be some trauma attached to that. You don't just randomly disqualify yourself uh, and say like something random. There's, there's energy on that statement. Can I encourage you when God makes you invisible, it's not because he doesn't want to manifest his glory on you. It's because he doesn't want his glory to crush you like Elijah and you find yourself under a tree suicidal. He wants to take you into a place and say, why? When he asks you, where are you? He's not asking the geographical location. He's asking what's going on in here and in here with your faith muscle. So honor and, and thank God for the invisibility. It's where he prepares you. What do you do when you're in the invisible? Real easy. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Learn the love language of God. Okay, we have our one-year Bibles over there with a plan. They're set out. They tell you what to read each day, and you'll read the whole Bible in the year. I recommend doing it that way if you want to engage in the Bible, because if you just start in some random place without context, it can be a tough read. But if you're getting a little bit of Old Testament, a little bit of New Testament, a little bit of Psalms, a little bit of Proverbs every day, you're going to see this thing's going to come together for you. So read your Bible, go to prayer, and listen, don't just go to prayer and that's the only day you pray. 
Go to prayer to learn how to pray so you're praying every day, okay? Meeting with God individually is what he wants in the invisibility season. And I promise you, he will keep that invisibility cloak over you until you solidify the conversations he wants to have with you because he loves you too much. And finally, this one's interesting, but when you feel invisible, serve. Because when we feel invisible, we'll wrestle, we'll wrestle with feeling insignificant. Insignificance is actually incredibly important to your human state. If you don't feel significant, you will do crazy things to be significant. You see people train wreck their life out of feeling insignificant. Here's the lie of the world though, okay? True significance, the true feeling of significance comes from helping people, not impressing people. That's the lie. The enemy says, if more people were impressed with you, you would feel significant. The truth is, people being impressed with you actually is an opposite effect. It makes you feel imposter syndrome, less than worthy. It is only in the act of getting to help people that you will start to see significance. And the cool thing with that is you don't have to be public to help someone. You don't have to be public to make the best cup of coffee on a Sunday and say, here you go. Appreciate you. Good to see you again. You don't have to be, but that, that helping will bring significance to your world. All right. Point number two. This is all a prep message for Sunday, by the way. So you guys are ready for Sunday. So what's the, what's the takeaway? Get alone with the Lord from now till Sunday. Let him ask you, why are you here? And I'm not talking about awaken. He brought you here for a reason. I'm talking about why are you here emotionally? Why are you here spiritually? And he's not bringing it up to condemn you. He's bringing it up to help you. When God asked, I want to go back to the story. When God asked Elijah in that cave all alone, by the way, he showed off a lot of his power outside the cave, but it says that he was in the whisper. All he wanted was a conversation. He just did a lot of shock and awe to let Elijah know, hey, it's really me. You're hearing me. And he goes to Elijah and he says, he asked the same question again. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? And now the truth comes out. He says, I'm alone. I'm the only one. Everyone else has bowed their knee to Baal. And now Jezebel's gonna try to kill me and I have no one. And God says, That's what I needed you to realize. You think you're alone. He says, I have 7,000 people waiting for you back in Jerusalem that have never bowed a knee to Baal. I've got a predecessor named Elisha who's gonna follow you and you're gonna raise up and he'll be the next great prophet. And I got two kings for you to anoint that are gonna protect you from Jezebel. God's like, I had the whole thing planned out. But instead of going to me, you went all suicidal and depressed. If you would have came to me, I could have told you this before I took you on this 40-day journey and took you into this invisible cave. But God will do that. God will do that. Because he loves you. Okay, number two. Everything in God's kingdom moves from death to life. That's how God's kingdoms work. His kingdom works. In our kingdom, we're born, and we're grad- in, in the world's kingdom, we're moving gradually towards death. That's what the world would tell you. You're getting older, you're getting closer to death. But in God's kingdom, he works in reverse. He says, I start from that and then I bring to life. I bring things more and more to life. 
Everything in his kingdom works like that. He puts a word in you, it's a seed. It starts as just a word, but it gets in you and it begins to live. You begin to start to see it. Oh my goodness, God did make me to do that. God did put that on me. That is part of my call. That is what I'm supposed to do. Ephesians 2, four through six says this, but God was merciful while we were dead because of our sins, but God loved us so much that he made us alive with Christ. And God's gift of undeserved grace is what saves you. God raised you from death to life with Christ Jesus, who has given us a place beside Christ in heaven. From death to life. That's how the power of the gospel starts. Jesus went and died on the cross and then resurrected. That's how we come to Jesus as we acknowledge, man, my sin disqualifies me. The wage, Romans says the wages of sins is, is death. But we accept his death for us on yeah. our behalf. Yeah. And he begins to bring resurrection life into our life. God's kingdom moves from death to life. The point for this, as you get powerful testimony, sanctified direction in your life, is don't focus on dead things too much. Don't put all the focus on things that he has already said, they're no longer a part of you. The Bible says as far as the east is from the west, he remembers our sin no more. If you keep asking for forgiveness for the same thing that you've already asked forgiveness for, okay, if you mess up again, yeah, go ahead and ask God for forgiveness again, but if it's something you did a year ago and you're still going through the, I have to keep going and asking, God says, no, I forgave that. It's a dead issue to me. The only time it comes up is to release the power of my goodness on your testimony. Okay, and and we spend time, listen, if you wanna leave in 2023, let's use finances. Maybe 2023 was a year of trouble in the finances, struggle in the finances. We can even, sometimes what we do is we'll put our focus on the trouble and we'll spend all this time rebuking it in our prayer life. I rebuke you, I rebuke you, poverty, I rebuke, I rebuke. But, But you're so focused on what's dead, it's like it's still alive because you're only focused on this thing. The same happens with people that get obsessed with the devil. I rebuke you, devil. Why are you rebuking him? I stubbed my toe and I know it was the devil. Well, you might have just stubbed your toe. You're, 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 where your focus begins to increase. So I'm not saying don't rebuke what needs to be rebuked. But once you've rebuked it, you need to turn your vision to where God's taking you and not spend so much time pondering and declaring what didn't happen in 2023. Let that thing die. It's in the past. Because you re- we relive the circumstance. Instead, get a fresh word like Psalm 65 and focus on that. This is the year I'm gonna get a little crazy. I haven't really done this, I'll be honest, but I'm gonna get crazy with graffitiing my house with Bible verses. Like I'm gonna get them all up on the mirror, sticky notes. Some of you guys do that and I'm proud of you. I'm confessing, I need to start doing that because I need to keep God's promises in my vision, not the things I haven't seen in my past in my vision. That's how you break that. Everything moves from death. You say, I didn't see a financial breakthrough in 2023. Well, good, it's dead. Where's God go from there? Alive. Alive. Oh, I didn't see, I didn't find, I didn't see, you know, I was believing for my spouse or I was believing for this, you know, this relationship to, to manifest or change. Well, good. If it's not there now, if it's dead now, God's kingdom goes to life. Goes to life. That's how he works. 
But don't keep staring at the thing. That was the start point. Begin to say, okay, I know the life because the word starts in the life. The word is the seed of God. And when the seed gets in me, it begins to sprout and bear fruit in my life. Everything in God's kingdom. Focus on life. Matthew 22, 23. For I, I am the God worshiped by Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is not, he isn't the God of the dead, but of the living. He's into life. And the last thing I'll say, Psalms 23, 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow. The through is really important, Christian. And he says, he says, I walk. When, you, when, when something bad happens, God doesn't want us to sit down and throw a pity party. <laughs> I'm not moving until this changes. He said, no, we were gonna walk through this. This was a 10 minute walk, stop. Okay, I know it's discouraging, but I'm walking you to a place of goodness and sometimes going to something does require walking through something. But don't make a doorway a living room. Don't let a doorway become a living room. And we're gonna pray for people. This is the last one because I wanna prepare you. We have Vision Sunday. Where are you? There you are. Get a God vision for your life. A vision bigger than your daily setbacks and disappointments. Proverbs 29, 18 says this, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Now I wanna read that. That was the King James Version. I wanna read the new King James Version because I like both these versions. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off, cast off restraint, but happy is the one who keeps the law. Listen, one of the reasons why you might not be, this goes into point two a little bit, why you're like, why do you see hesitation and delay is you don't got the vision for where you're going. And vision can also be revelation, as saying in that scripture, revelation has to do with, oh my gosh, it hit me. When you have a vision and a revelation, it means that you know what God wants to do and you know your identity that you can, you, you can actually be in that place. God wants to get you to vision that brings a revelation of who you are in him, in him. We're gonna do Shredder Sunday on Sunday. We're gonna do vision on the Sunday following. And this isn't a Sunday where we do vision where we say, here's the vision of what we're wanna do and get on board with that, you know? We have that all year. We're a visionary church. Vision Sunday is, do you have a God vision for your life? And is it specific? I believe God called me to be a great host and entertain people and love on people. And in order to do that, I'm gonna need a bigger house. Do you have a vision? a vision to be able to do the good works that God has prepared for you beforehand. God needs people with vision. Without a vision, people perish. If you just go into 2024 and say, God, bless me. That's it. You have no direction. You have no vision. Now he's good, but he's gonna have to do a lot of directing. Whereas if I come to God and say, God, 2023 is the year I get my health back and I'm gonna, you know, whatever. I'm gonna lose 40 pounds. Okay, well, now that I have a vision, there's gonna be some actual restraints in my life that get me moving in that direction. And if I've gotten that vision from the Lord, if I've gotten a God vision for my life, 
you'll see that you'll, you'll begin to feel heaven's wind on the thing. But without a vision, the people perish. You know that God actually wants to partner with you? That's why he spends so much time trying to bring a revelation of his goodness in your world so that you can begin to partner with him he said crazy things like, anything you ask in my name and have faith, you will see it happen. Yeah. He said these crazy things. He said, you'll do things greater than even I did. That's what Jesus said. Why does he put that in there? Because he's trying to get you to have a vision that the same Holy Spirit that rose him from the grave, the Bible says is alive and well in you, that the promise he gave to Abraham saying that the nations will be blessed by your offspring, that is me and you. And that, and that promise has extended through all of time and you can step into something supernatural. God is not a theory. God is not a rule book. God is not a self-help program. God is God. He controls all. He is, the, he, he is all powerful. And he has signed you up to be on his team. I'm gonna try that again because that, that was a... He signed you up to be on his team. Guys, take this away. We're gonna pray for some people. Come on. Too many Christians walk around with faith PTSD. I understand, things happen. People do messed up things. People get hurt at church. Church people hurt people. Just like everyone hurts people. Broken people, hurting people hurt people. It's just what it is. And we're a hospital for hurting people, okay? I promise you, if you've never had trauma, that does happen. But trauma can either, in God's kingdom, can be this powerful place where he says, now look to my goodness, get a vision for what I'm gonna do. And instead of giving you post-traumatic, I'll give you powerful testimony. And instead of giving you stressful disorders, I'll give you sanctified, what did I say, direction, thank you. <laughs> sanctified direction. I'm not gonna lie, the SD, I worked a lot of different phrases and then I finally prayed and got that one. But a sanctified direction. You know how confident we are when you know you're going the way God wants you to go? You know how great it is when all the things the devil tried to use to make you feel disqualified and the traumas he brought to kick you out are now your greatest weapons that you just pull out at any time and you're like Doc Holliday and in Tombstone, I'll be your huckleberry. Every time the devil tries to come at me with certain things, I'm like, oh, devil, you idiot. I've got a testimony for that. That one I got to, woo Bring it on. You should have picked a different thing. This is my sweet spot. It's not trauma to me anymore. It's breakthrough. It's anointed with breakthrough. And listen, not all powerful testimonies have to be like, you know, the, I was in the Hell's Angels and, uh, you know, and, and then, you know, God lifted me off my motorcycle and threw me in the back of a semi-truck and I landed at a church and I, you know, I literally think I've heard that testimony. But they don't all have to be like that. You know one of the most powerful testimonies? I fell in love with God at Kids Church and I've been walking with him ever since. That is the most powerful testimony. And when you get a vision for your life, you don't need a crazy story. You have the Holy Spirit. I just want to say that for those, you know, those people in the room, like my wife who like were born loving Jesus. 
acting like Jesus. She's Holy Spirit Junior. No. But there's power. There's power when you have a vision for your life. Let's stand to our feet. I did a little chunk of the ministering at the beginning. But I just want to open this up right now. Before you hit 2024, do you have any faith, circumstantial, delay PTSD in your life? Meaning if I say God's gonna bless you financially, do you immediately go to faith, hope, and love? Or do you go to, uh, I've had that happen. I've gotten words so many times that it took so, so long to manifest that I would start not liking getting that word even though it was a good thing. Yeah, true. It's a true thing. I would not go into faith, hope, and love. I'd be like, again, God? When's it gonna happen? Okay? But do you have trauma that is gonna make you shred differently, that's gonna make you have vision differently, that's gonna make you pull back? Maybe it's relationships. Maybe you've been waiting for that relationship and that area has now become actual, not a place of faith, hope, and love, not a place where you're gaining vision and saying, God moves everything from death to life, but you're looking at the situation and every year it's getting you more and more pulled back. I want us to step into 2024 free from trauma and believing for God's PTSD, power te powerful testimony, sanctified direction. That's what he wants to give you. Problem is you can't have that and be a victim can't have that and be held back and, judge, and looking at the lens of your past traumas to decide what God's going to do in the future. And so right now, if you need freedom, you need freedom from a past thing that actually still holds some power over you, that still pulls you out of faith, hope, and love, I believe God's going to, in a mighty way, deliver you like he did it for Elijah in that cave. He's gonna say, you're not alone. I'm with you. And I want you to dream again. I put those dreams in you. I made you. I'm not done. Come on, if that's you and you need to lay down some trauma right now, I wanna pray. And I'm actually gonna have you do an act. I want you to picture you leaving that trauma in your chair and you coming forward to this altar and stepping into a new thing. You leave that thing back there and you remember that it's dead and gone. It was baptisms today. De baptisms literally represent going from death to life. I want you to step into a baptism of saying, I am not gonna let past discouragements define what I believe God could do in 2024. Come on, if that's you and you need to leave a past discouragement in your seat, come forward to the altar and I'm gonna pray for you right now. Just come up to the front. Thank you, Lord. Lots of people, good. Lots of people. Thank you, Jesus. If you're good and you're not coming forward right now, you ask what I do, you can just extend a hand and pray for these people. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> yes, Lord. Come on. I want you to recognize this is a prophetic act 
What's back there on the sea is 2023 and it's, it's disappointments, it's failures let down. Maybe it's more than 2023, maybe it was 2020, maybe it's 1972, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever you left there, what you're doing today is you're saying, God, I believe, Ephesians 2.10, that you have good works and good things that you have prepared for me already. And I'm not gonna let the past battles, the past failures, or the past discouragements, the past delays define what I'm gonna expect. Your mercies are new every morning and I'm gonna wake up. Come on, put your hands to heaven. God, right now, in the name of Jesus, we break all ties with trauma, we break all ties with discouragement. We forgive anyone we need to forgive. We release, and Lord, we will not be victims. We will not let the past, we will not let yesterday, last year, last month, last decade define what you are capable of in our lives. We will not be defined by that. We will be defined by Psalm 65, that those who go into your courts and those who step into being time with you, begin to see the blessing and abundance of God in every area of their life. We declare relational abundance. We declare those believing for a spouse right now. In the name of Jesus, you are connecting the dots and you are bringing those people, Lord. You are making, but also right now, in this invisible time, you are dealing and making, Lord, that we're not gonna take past trauma. Lord, we believe for those that are interceding right now and believing for a breakthrough for a family member to come to Jesus. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we declare that 2024 is the year of breakthrough, is the year of you showing up in their world. God, we declare those struggling with financial disappointment and discouragement, that this is the year that we see the goodness of God and the abundance of God on our businesses and on our finances. Lord, we thank you that relationships are going to another level this year. Friendships are going to another level this year. The call of God is getting reactivated. There's somebody up here in the front. You used to feel called by God. You used to think God was gonna use you and you gave up on that. And God's saying that right now, right now in this moment, it is reactivated that God still has plans for you and it's not too late. He's gonna use your voice in mighty ways. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We break trauma and we declare you crown this year with your goodness. In Jesus' name, and the church said, amen. amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now. <laughs>